Yes, that's right. You know that is the sound that says it's time again for it's a religion. It's time to be encouraged. It's time to be edified. It's time to be built up. It's time to be told the truth. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided, but liberty and justice for some. And ultimately, there will be justice. There will be justice uh, from the one true potentate, the one true king, the one Lord of Lords and King of Kings, who is over and above everything, through whom all wisdom and knowledge come. I just read that in Colossians this morning. The Lord Jesus Christ. And that is who created you, that's who sustained you, that's who's coming back one day to consummate this whole deal of his creation, of his uh, plan, right? To consummate his glory, the glory of the Father and he and the Holy Spirit for what they've done, for giving us life, for giving us hope, for saving us from ourselves, from our own sin. And what a beautiful thing that's going to be. So be encouraged today, folks. Uh, you know, it's a religion. We contrast things. We try and show the falsehood of the religion of evolution, the religion of Mohammedism, uh, the religion of secular humanism versus Christianity and trust in God of the Bible. Someday that may get us in trouble because you see the world going after uh, Satan's precepts, the things that Satan wants us to trust in the things that satan wants us to believe in and uh, it's really uh it's amazing i i never would have thought i would have seen in my lifetime um somebody legitimately come out and say that two men and so you know that's that can be a marriage that in the true definition and sense of marriage it's never ever ever been defined that way and yet, we see it right before our eyes. The Senate in the United States of America just voted to codify that, to codify sodomy. You know, there were laws in uh, every state in this union at one time that uh, basically you could go to jail for that type of activity. And now it's being celebrated and encouraged. Um, and some of these other things that uh, are being encouraged in our public schools and uh, other places, it's it's a uh, it's a result of their religion, though. I mean, it, it really shouldn't be a discouragement to us that trust in God and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, because it's it's just an obvious outcropping of their belief system, right? People who don't trust in God, who don't trust in the God of the Bible, are going to act a certain way they're going to go after things that please themselves that um because we all have to fight that you know we have a natural inclination in our sinful selves to want to please ourselves and not focus on pleasing others or um, taking care of others or serving others and and that's okay i mean we need to recognize that for what it is not be scared of it not run from it not um be afraid of it or anything we just need to deal with it it's something to deal with it's about taking responsibility we had a, a men's study last night that was really uh, good we talked a lot about some of the ways in which satan tries to draw us from god through um, uh, things like video games and pornography and 
and other things like that that are fake, that aren't real. And we're encouraged by God, through God, and both in the Old Testament, the New Testament, to have relationships, to have real things to accomplish, to have real things to do, to take responsibility. Um, you know, Adam was given responsibility very early on. Go, tend my garden, take care of something. You have work to do, and work is good. And, you know, when our society glorifies um, people who do not exemplify Western Christian values, who do, do not exemplify work ethic and truth and integrity, but yet uh, our society lifts up people of degeneracy and um, people who want to do evil things. And, you know, then we see things like our government basically circumventing laws all over the place to, to do things to keep themselves in power, to do things to um, circumvent the will of the people, to circumvent our laws and our constitution. And we see how there is no justice happening. You know, when I talk about equal justice for some, that's a reference to that, to, you know, we see in real time uh, people who chase after the things of secular humanism and evolution. And, um, you know, there's, I think the, the shot for COVID was an actual effort not only to profit, but to get rid of people because they knew they were um, doing that. And here the Senate in this country finally did something right and voted to end the emergency. And the old president of the United States, no, I can't do that. I gotta keep shooting people with this stuff because he knows as soon as they end the emergency, there's no longer an emergency use need for the shot. And Pfizer has to put it back in its pocket until it can prove it's actually a vaccine, which works, which it will never do because it doesn't. So anyway, that's where we're at in this country. Um, I think Again, if we just accept the fact that, you know, people who don't know the Lord are going to cheat, they're going to lie, they're going to steal, they're going to do things that, that don't make sense, it, you know, we can deal with that then. Because we can be hopeful that they will find God, that they will come to know God, that they will come to know his truth and the truth of the Bible and come to Jesus and repent of their sin just like anyone who's listened to my voice right now and understands what that means and has been through that process and knows um, what Christ has done for them. And then we can have great joy in heaven at knowing they repented and are with us. So be encouraged because it's possible. With God, all things are possible. I think my son's up. Good morning, Ethan. Morning. How you doing, buddy? Good. Okay. So we're going to read Genesis 22 this morning. And after these things, we're going, to, we're going to hear about, this is really an interesting section of Scripture because God is going to do something here as an example of something that he himself will later do. Remember what we talked about. The Old Testament is pretty much not, I mean, it's history. It's the history of the world, but it's also pointing us toward Christ. Most of the things that happen in the Old Testament are pointing us toward Christ and the meaning of Christ and what what's going to happen when Jesus is here and then thereafter. Um, 
So right here, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and rose, arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey and the boy, and I will go over there and worship and come again unto you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and said, or laid it on Isaac his son, and he took his hand, the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place of which God had told him. Abraham built the altar where or there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now I'm going to go back a couple verses here because I had never realized it was a three-day journey. Um, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. So the third day is when Jesus rose from the dead, right? God's own son. So let's see. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son, to slay his son. Um, or when they came to the place which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God and see you have not withheld your son your only son, from me. Now, this is a point at which people who believe that there is a conditional um, regard for uh, God's salvation and not an unconditional um, covering of blood, right? You hear the calling of God, and when you respond to that, you know, the condition of your salvation is your response to the calling of God. And that's, you know, that's what Abraham does here. He responded to the call of God and was willing to give everything to God, even his own son. So verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. I always wonder how Isaac felt at that moment because it doesn't really say here. But... Um, you know, I mean, Abraham, he had to see in Abraham the fact that Abraham trusted God with everything, everything he had. So Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide, as is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this, and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and as a sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. 
So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now after these things it was told to Abraham, Behold, Milcah also has borne children to your brother Nahor. Uz his firstborn, Booz his brother, and uh, Kemuel the father of Aram, Chazen, Hazel, Pildash, Jilpah, and Bethuel, Bethuel father of Rebekah. And these eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. Moreover, his concubine, whose name was Remuah, bore Teba, Gaham, Tehash, and Mekah. So there's people being brought into the world right there. So, you know, old Abe, he, uh, he follows, he responds to the call of God. He trusts God. Um, more than his own intellect, more than his own will, right? Because I'm sure he didn't want to kill his son. But he saw God bring this boy into the world through Sarah, as God promised in their old age. And, you know, trusted him. And that is that is part of our calling, is to trust God over and above what we can see, you know, what we know in our own minds, maybe what we believe in our own hearts at times. We have to trust in God, trust in God more than that um, when we are called by him. So, Lord God Almighty, thank you for the example of Abraham. Thank you for helping us understand that you did create all things. You own all things. The sons that we have are not our sons, they're yours. We just get to uh, minister to them for a time. Everything is yours, Lord. You are the fountain of wisdom and knowledge. You are the true way, the only way. And Lord, please help us be mindful of that when we interact with other people, when we see things that we don't agree with. And maybe that would cause us, instead of complaining, to pray. To pray for people. To pray that they would come to know you. That they would come to trust in you. And run from their sin. And repent from their sin. As you have given us the opportunity to do. And as we do daily. When we fall short. So thank you for what you do. We love you and praise you and worship you in Jesus name. Amen. So thank you for being a part of this. We will uh, be back around tomorrow. Have a great day. Happy Friday. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing, for summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all.